Hello everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast, produced by the Magnolia Healing Center. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. In this podcast, we will be delving into topics related to narcissistic abuse, codependency, childhood wounds, childhood trauma, mental illness, and all things narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to bring widespread awareness and healing to the global epidemic of narcissism and codependency. It is my hopes that with this podcast, we can collectively create an environment of health and healing for you, the individual, and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Today, we're going to be discussing choosing your thoughts. So in today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about the importance of choosing your thoughts, some of the benefits to doing so. We're also going to talk about some of the barriers that get in the way of being able to choose your thoughts. And finally, going to offer some tips on how to develop the life skill of choosing your thoughts. So a great book on this topic is Mindfulness for Beginners. Uh, this is by John Kabat-Zinn. This is a really great book and uh, easy read, a lot of great information. And, and John Kabat-Zinn, who is actually uh, credited with bringing mindfulness into the mainstream of medicine and society, specifically in the Western world, he also has his own mindfulness practice. Uh, it's called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. And uh, his book is, is just brilliant. He's really got a talent for expressing things that are difficult to, uh, to express. Uh, so definitely check out that book. I'm going to share a link to purchase the book in the description section below. So to begin, our thoughts are going to be an important part of our relationship to ourself, to life. And nothing disturbs us more than our thinking. So when our thinking and our thoughts are left unchecked, when our minds and its function of being able to think are, are not uh, tapped into, when we don't necessarily develop that life skill of choosing our thoughts, then our mind and our thoughts could become our enemy. So we definitely want to identify what it is we can do to work with our mind, to work with our thoughts, to help us serve us in our daily life as opposed to uh, creating chaos and becoming an enemy. An enemy. So many of us struggle with identifying with our thoughts. Uh, maybe we fight and combat negative thoughts or unwanted ones or fearful ones, undesirable ones. Let's say we cling to positive ones. But in all these situations, in all these instances, we are not choosing our thoughts, but rather we're allowing our thoughts to control us. We become one with our thoughts uh, and they're going to ultimately uh, take us on a whirlwind of emotional chaos and mental gymnastics. So the key to choosing your thoughts is realizing that your thoughts are not who you are. They are uh, separate. So in essence, we have thoughts. They are separate from ourselves. When we fight with them, when we enmesh with them, when we're highly reactive to them, in essence, we are controlled by them. We're trapped in the world of thought, and we're going to have little inner peace, little clarity uh, as a result. So choosing your thoughts is choosing, is making the choice to not fight with our thoughts, not to deny them, uh, not to create a story out of them, but rather to observe them and tap into the power of choice to choose thoughts and choose the one, the specific thoughts that you wish to keep and, and hold on to and then let go of those that don't serve you and uh, your ideal self or your vision of the future. So the nature of thoughts is to come and go. It's to flow. So when we do resist thoughts or we're fighting them or we have barriers to, to protect ourselves, right, defense mechanisms to protect against specific thoughts that uh, disturb us, when we are trying to control our thoughts, we are doing so because we are taking them personally or we're identifying with them and, and we see them as threatening or we're fearful of them. We use tons, endless energy uh, to fend off or protect, uh, but ultimately this is a massive waste of energy and it, it is a futile pursuit. And it's a far more productive use of our energy and way of dealing with thoughts is to 
sort of take yourself out of the world of thought, right? So it's to identify with the part of ourselves that is behind thought, sort of separate from them. In essence, it's the, the presence behind thought. And this is the present moment non-reactive self, which is our true self. So when we do this, when we identify with that part of ourself and then we watch our thoughts as you would watch, let's say, the traffic go by, this awareness and observance allows us to be less disturbed by our thoughts that maybe ones that frighten us or we disagree with and allows them to, to come and go. So to summarize, in essence, it's taking a step away from thoughts and allowing them to come and go in their own flow uh, allows us to maintain our inner peace because we're not engaging with them. We're just allowing them to do their thing. Now, thoughts come from emotions. So behind every thought, there is a emotion that fuels that thought. Now, more specifically, our negative emotions are at the core of negative thoughts. Positive emotions are going to be at the core of positive thoughts. So if we really want to, if we truly want to take control of our minds and get out of that world of thought, we do need to take a step back. We need to be non-reactive and we need to be able to observe how our feelings are going to then lead to our thinking. So not only do we need to not identify with our thinking, but also on a deeper level, it's not identified with our thoughts. So by processing our emotions at a core level through non-reactivity and presence, we can we have a much better chance of letting go of the thought because we've let go of the emotion that has fueled that specific thought. Now, many of us are a struggle with this issue of living in our heads, right? We escape into our thinking, uh, and uh, what we're trying to do when this happens is we're trying to avoid painful emotions, right? So we sort of intellectualize our feelings. And when we do this, which is often done mostly unconsciously, like I said, the intention is to avoid the pain and discomfort of negative emotions. So in these instances, we see our thoughts and our mind as a place of, let's say, refuge, a place where we are in charge, we're in control, we're safe, and we're protected. Unfortunately, what we're failing to realize is that this is an unsustainable protection and defense mechanism because our, our mind is, is definitely not a place of safety. Now, you see this defense mechanism of escaping into our thoughts and into our minds, most notably in people who are, let's say, intellectually defended or people who are, let's say, intellectual perpetrators, intellectual narcissists, who when they do is they use their intellect as a shield from their own emotions. And then in the case of a perpetrator, they go ahead and then damage and hurt other people who are emotionally available and, and sensitive. So either way, the mind is becoming a place where they're seeking refuge from feeling their own pain. And people who are intellectually defended uh, are, in essence, escaping into the world of thought to avoid any present moment emotional availability. Now, very often and innocently enough, many of us do this and people do this in, in an attempt to avoid their feelings. What they'll do is they'll think about their feelings instead of actually feeling their feelings. And this is a, a trick of the mind. Uh, it says, oh, I thought about it, right? I intellectualized it. I guess, you know, I've worked through it. Uh, and this is something that happens to those uh, even on a healing journey, right? And I know the struggle very intimately myself is that we're trying to understand why we feel this way. In reality, the first thing we need to do is feel because when we do feel the feeling, we can balance the emotion and then we have that inner peace, that clarity that comes after we do balance the emotions and that's when clarity comes. So the first step is sort of feel the feeling. Uh, when we escape the feeling, in essence, what we do is we reinforce it, we keep it stuck. Uh, and then we also keep the thought forms stuck. So if we really wanna let go of the thought forms that disturb us, we gotta let go of the, the negative emotion that fuels it. Now, thoughts that are charged with emotion and identified as personal are gonna become strong and deeply rooted core beliefs. So we think of our belief system as, as my belief system, right? It's personal, which is why it's so hard to let go of deeply held core beliefs in childhood programming, because it's mine. Why would I let go of something that's personal? Now, when we do the healing work, when we develop non-reactivity, when we disarm our beliefs and programs of their, so to speak, person personalness, right? And we realize that it only feels personal because of the emotional charge and that emotion is, is felt. So ultimately it's mine, right? If it's my feeling, it's my thought, it's my belief. 
But ultimately, we can make the choice to feel the feeling at a core level and let go of the feeling, let go of the thought, let go of the belief, and, uh, and let go of any thoughts that don't agree with our true self and that don't align with the future that we wish to create. So this is how we tap into that, to that ability to choose our thoughts is we just don't take them as personal. We don't have them as tightly close to us. Uh, we don't cling to them and then we separate from them and then we can observe them. And by observing them, then we can make the choice of which thoughts we want to adopt and which thoughts we, we don't, we want to let go. Now, the truth be told, if we aren't able to choose our thoughts, and if we're not even able to be aware, we're not even aware that our thoughts are even something that we can choose, uh, chances are we are actually just regurgitating the same thought process and thought forms that we had since childhood. So when we are holding on to those same thoughts, the same programs, uh, essentially we're just... Be, in essence, we're continuing where we left off from childhood, where in childhood we were just absorbing our parents' thoughts, family of origin, right, society. And as a result, in essence, we're just living out our childhood programs again and again, obviously unconsciously, uh, as an adult, with no real freedom to choose differently. Now, if we do not know whether our thoughts are our own or not, uh, chances are we're not even thinking our thoughts, but rather that we're thinking the thoughts that were chosen for us. Uh, you can say we're living below the veil of consciousness or we're living unconsciously. Now, when we develop life skills such as non-reactivity, right, mindfulness, present moment awareness, which are some of the most important life skills, specifically on the healing journey, interestingly enough, that is that is the number one life skill uh, that we develop on the healing journey. These skills are allow us to separate from our thoughts so we can sort of hold space for them and allow them to come and then to choose, again, which ones we want, which ones we don't. So this space between us and our feelings, us and our thoughts, allows us to then go ahead and bring into our consciousness our programs, our false paradigms, old and outdated relationship patterns, and then we can sort of work with them. It's a healthy distance from them so that we can work with them uh, and uh, so we can choose healthier, you know, let go of the old ones and, and choose healthier and more sustainable ones. Uh, in other words, choose healthier thoughts. Now, choosing our thoughts is a vital life skill. Uh, we essentially attract into our life that which dominates our mind, that which we spend the most time thinking about, that which we, those thoughts which we pay attention to, which we feed with our attention. So the thoughts that dominate our mind, right, like attracts like, so therefore that which dominates our mind will be attracted into our life. So based on this, we can understand that if we want to attract something or, or, or situations or health or abundance into our life, we have to first, it first starts in our thoughts and we have to align our thoughts with it, you know, align our thoughts with our vision or with our intention. We need to sort of feel the feelings as if we were already there. And ultimately when we align our feelings, our intentions and our thoughts uh, with that vision, with what we want, then like I said, like attracts like, and that will ultimately attract that into our life. So if we want that abundant life, right, we want healthy relationships, no more toxic or narcissistic relationships. Uh, if we want happiness and joy, we, we must get our, our mindset right and assure that the thoughts that we choose are healthy or positive and ultimately that they are aligned with that which we want. So now let's talk about where do thoughts come from? This is something that I was very curious about. And um, here, here's the thing. Thoughts come from what's called the field of awareness. So the field of awareness is sort of like a vast, you know, energetic field well, all information that exists, all past, present, future information exists. So this field is essentially always available to us, even if we're not necessarily aware of it. So when we do, when we are able to tap into the field of awareness, we can access any and all information that exists. And you can argue that this podcast episode or even all my podcast is really just downloaded through the field of awareness. 
So if you can compare this to sort of a large computer database that is only a, a Google search away, uh, where our mind in this example is the computer or device that we use to connect to the internet, and the field of awareness is sort of the server that holds all the thoughts that we could potentially think. So in this example, uh, our choosing of our thoughts is essentially choosing, let's say, which website to search and what information we choose to focus on and, uh, and read. So when we're choosing our thoughts, we, we want to tap into this field of awareness, but in order to do so, we want to develop those life skills, non-reactivity, present moment awareness, so that we can ultimately see that we are separate from our thoughts, which then gives us the, the space, right? That gives us the ability to become more aware of the thoughts that are available to us, which ones we could actually choose. And then this allows us to be the observer, right, of our thoughts, and then uh, discern between the ones that we want to accept and integrate into our life as ours, and then ultimately those that we want to let go, and those that don't serve us any longer. Now to continue, thoughts have energy. Negative thoughts have negative energy, positive thoughts have positive energy. When we make the choice to nurture positive thoughts into our life, to choose to focus on those and to choose those, we're gonna infuse positive energy into our lives. And as a result, because of that positive energy, we're gonna raise our consciousness and we're gonna experience more happiness and peace as a result. Now the opposite is true, of course, of negative thinking. Now, this might sound, let's say, too good to be true, right? It sounds perhaps too simple, but in reality, this is, this is pretty much how it is. Uh, this is where our sort of power of choice gets most highlighted. This is really where we really do have that power to choose. So the reason that it does get complicated and the reason it's not so simple for many of us uh, is because we're engaged in specific habits of choosing negative thoughts, specifically, let's say, in childhood, right? And that becomes the pattern, and once we're engaged in a habit, it, it's hard to, to change them. And choosing new thoughts can feel daunting. It can feel, uh, frankly, it can feel impossible. But like I said, you can start off slow and develop the life skill. You one step at a time, meet yourself where you're at. Uh, and like I mentioned, the first step is awareness of thoughts altogether, like that, that you have this ability and ultimately your ability to watch them and see them. Now this happens most notably by slowing down the mind. And this slowing down the mind is something that can be very much effective, uh, effectively done by meditation specifically, right? So there's many other ways we can slow down our mind, breath work, uh, but, but meditation allows us to just slow things down, to tap into the present moment, and then be able to see how our mind is like a monkey brain. It just, it just has different thoughts and it's just going crazy. It's all very distracted. It's almost like a, a child in a sense. And, and by being able to, let's say, meditate and by practicing meditation and then uh, getting, let's say, having that as a routine, you can integrate this life skill throughout your day and in essence make your whole life about a, a sort of a meditation in that way. So when we do slow down the mind, when things are slow enough, we can sort of catch and notice our ego mind taking over, and then we can pause it before it does take over our lives, before we become the thoughts, right? And then in that instance, in that instance we can then choose to practice that, that presence and then get into the habit of existing in the world of no thought, which is a place of pure awareness, of presence, of peace, of happiness. Uh, that's really where, where we want to get when it comes to, to healing. That is really the place of our authentic self. That's the seat of our soul. And that's where, uh, that's where we're going. It's sort of a place of, of no thinking. Now, if trauma is going to lead to patterns and habits, relationship habits of negative thinking that brought us brought our life into chaos and to breakdowns, then by this same logic, healing is about choosing to let go of those attachments to those thoughts or to thoughts in general, and then choosing positive thoughts, which is just a habit. So it's really, in reality, what we're doing is we're simply shifting out of one habit, maybe not a healthy habit, into a healthier one, one a moment at a time. It is so important to not take our thoughts personally. The second we take our thoughts and our feelings for that matter personally, what we're doing is we're attaching 
uh, we're attaching to them. And then when we attach to something as our own, then we defend it, which makes it much more difficult to let go. It's harder to let go of something that we feel like is personal. So in reality, none of it is personal. Uh, it's just our emotional attachment to it that makes it so. So I want to share some insights from uh, the book that I mentioned a little bit earlier, a little bit earlier Mindfulness for Beginners by John Kabat-Zinn. This is on this specific topic. Uh, the section of this book is titled, Not Taking Our Thoughts Personally. It says like this, it is a big step towards reclaiming our lives when we, when we realize that no matter what their content, good, bad, or ugly, we do not have to take our thoughts personally. We do not have to believe them. We do not have to think of them as ours. We can recognize that they are simply thoughts. As events, let's say in this field of awareness, events that arise and pass away very rapidly, that sometimes carry insights, sometimes enormous emotional charge, and they can have a huge effect for the better or for the worse in our lives, depending on how we are in a relationship to them. When we don't automatically take them personally or believe the stories about reality that we build from them, when we can simply hold them in awareness with a sense of curiosity and wonder at their amazing power given their insubstantiality, their limitations and inaccuracies, then we have a chance right in the moment, in any moment really, to not get caught up in the habitual patterns, to see thoughts for what they are, impersonal events, and instead be the knowing that awareness already is. Then in that moment, at least, we are already free, ready to act with greater clarity, kindness, within the constantly changing field of events, that is nothing other than life unfolding. Not always as we think it should, but definitely as it is. And that ends the insight there. So the idea is, is that we get to choose how to relate to our emotions, to our thoughts, to our beliefs, to reality, to the present moment. So if we are too reactive, then we're controlled by it because it tells us what to think, what to feel. And in essence, the program runs itself. So if we wanna have a chance of changing the program, we have to let go of ones that we cling to for, for dear life, ones that we take personally and realize they're not personal. We can associate with another emotion and uh, ultimately align with those that, that we do want, that we want to choose. Now. Einstein famously said, right, you can't fix a problem with the same thinking that caused it. So I would expound on this and say that we can't fix a problem with thinking altogether, when thinking is a large portion of the reason why the problem exists in the first place. So most of our problems, I would argue a large portion of our problems are gonna be solved when we don't let life be painted by our thoughts, our negative emotions, and if we just be present and observe whatever's going on around us. And that, that way you can see things as they are, as opposed to seeing things as maybe we're told or we feel, uh, ultimately we're seeing with clarity and not shaped through, uh, through the emotions or perspectives of our thoughts. And I would argue that getting out of the world of thought and when we stop overthinking while being fully present in the moment would reveal with striking clarity that there really is nothing to be fixed or solved or changed, but rather something to be accepted because in truth, the present moment as it is today uh, stands perfectly. And ultimately, if we do not like or accept the reality, if we deny it or reject it, uh, we're just going to suffer. So when we accept or if we do truly want to change our reality, then we need to start by being with it, being present with it, accepting it, and then ultimately make, make shifts from there. So in childhood, many of us were simply told what to think. We weren't really given permission to think for ourselves. In fact, our voice was squelched, uh, we shut down, and uh, we certainly weren't taught how to think. We weren't given the grace the, the sensitivity, the patience, uh, and, and rarely were we taught how to develop this life skill. So this to me is a tragedy because learning how to choose your thoughts and your attitudes and your beliefs uh, can be the very difference between success and failure, happiness, sadness, peace, and, and inner chaos, uh, mental illness, or mental health. So choosing thoughts is a life skill and the better you get at this life skill, the more power you have, autonomy you have over your own mind, your own mindset, and ultimately then you can go ahead and choose which mindset works for you and then align that uh, with your vision, with your dreams, and ultimately the quality of your life 
uh, specifically your inner world will increase drastically. Now, the freedom to think might feel like an act of rebellion or betrayal to, let's say, other people who don't necessarily have the freedom to choose their thoughts and think for themselves. And uh, they're probably going to be threatened by your, your freedom, by your independence, by your autonomy, and try to maybe bully or gaslight you to come and, and take on their programs, right? Uh, oftentimes, that's you see that in, in family of origins who one of the individuals decides to individuate and choose their own thoughts, their own lifestyle, and then they're, they're attacked, right? They're bullied for having their own thoughts. In, in codependent homes and narcissistic homes, it's notorious for just everyone thinking the same thoughts and everyone sort of reads each other's mind, right? Um, but the way I see it is it is your right, and I would say freedom, I would even say responsibility to choose the thoughts that align with you, who you are, your authentic self, and then let go of those that were, let's say, you had pressure to absorb or you were manipulated or bullied into taking on those that were downloaded into our psyche at times when we didn't really have the choice of which thoughts we were going to th uh, think. But growing up and maturing is really about being able to let go of that which doesn't serve you, specifically uh, the thoughts and programs uh, that are that are residing from childhood, especially if they don't align with your authentic self and, and your future. Um, ultimately, the people who gave us those beliefs and thoughts, chances are they had them downloaded into their psyche and they were they absorbed them as well. So they're entirely unconscious of, of their even freedom and ability to do this. Uh, in essence, you can say they're, they're trapped in thought or they're trapped in, in that mindset uh, of, of primitive years. Now, someone who lives in their head, right? Many of us struggle with this. We, we sort of escape the, the moment into our thoughts. We are, gonna, we're gonna be trapped in the world of thought and we're gonna be slaves to our mind. Uh, in essence, it's gonna lead to all sorts of mental, emotional, psychological issues, mental illness, anxiety. We're gonna live in fear, right? Fear of the future, fear of the past. Uh, very difficult time being present, and we're going to get extremely defensive. We're going to be ego-identified. Certainly not not a lot of fun, not, not an enjoyable existence. So choosing your thoughts and developing mindfulness, it takes us out of the world of thought, out of the mind, and then brings us into the present moment, which is a place of pure bliss, freedom, uh, clarity, awareness, and that's where that's where happiness exists. That's where that's where that's where we that's our where our, our authentic self exists. Uh, this is a place of the soul of, of the seat of the soul of our authenticity. Now, this is in contrast to someone who lives in the world of thought, which is a dark place, it's a lax empathy, it's emotionless, it's rigid, it's calculated, it's cold, and ultimately that's not where life is. Life is not lived in our thoughts, it's not lived in our heads, life is lived in our hearts in the present moment. Now, the truth of the matter is, is that the past and the future really only exist in the thought. Now, obviously the past and the future, they occur, they experience, not to invalidate that, but it, from this perspective, the only thing that really truly exists is the present. So when we have thoughts of, let's say, fear, anger, regret, resentment, sadness, anxiety, uh, in essence, we are choosing thoughts of the past uh, and let's say the future. When we make the decision to have thoughts of patience, compassion, love, peace, joy, uh, these are present moment thoughts, and this is how we align our mind and our mindset with the, with the present moment. So choosing your thoughts, it's gotta be like putting on clothes in the morning. You know, what outfit are you gonna wear? What thoughts are you gonna think? And which ones do you wanna give validity to? Because if we don't you know, check it at the door, uh, our negative thinking can, can wreck us, can really uh, bring uh, mental dis-ease and, and discomfort, and ultimately uh, just not, not, a, not a lot of peace, not a lot of happiness. So when we develop this life skill, uh, it can, when we cultivate it, it can really change our life profoundly, allow us to become more conscious of the relationships we attract, the life we build, uh, the, that we create, the perspectives that we want to adopt, and uh, the choices that we make as a result, the decisions we make. So to finish off this episode, a couple of quotes I'm going to share regarding the importance and the power of thought. One of them is by myself, and one of them by Marcus Aurelius, and the final one by William Shakespeare. Uh, Shakespeare. First one by myself is, 
like this. Your mind is a garden and you can create heaven or hell based on which trees you choose to prune and which you allow to sprout. So the idea is, is that you have the ability to choose and if you do not realize you have the ability to choose, chances are there are weeds, there are plants that we don't want there uh, and that's where we need to sort of prune them. Uh, but when we do, when we do prune them and let go of negativity and that those that don't serve our future, our, 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 our authentic self, then we can create, we can create heaven. Now this quote is from Marcus Aurelius. This is one of my favorite. It goes like this. The happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. Therefore, guard accordingly and take care that you entertain no notions unsuitable to virtual, virtue and reasonable nature. And the final one, which is extremely popular, this one by William Shakespeare. There is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. So I really hope that this podcast episode uh, inspired you to take a look at your own mindset, your own thoughts, and ask yourself, am I even choosing my thoughts? Are these thoughts that are just being told to me by my superiors, by society? Maybe today they're being told to me by my television or by, by my friends or peer pressure or my, uh, the people around me, you know, or, or, or are these my authentic uh, choices, uh, my authentic thoughts? Like, do I want them? And if, if not, then I have a responsibility uh, at least if I want to build a life of, of, of happiness and, and one that's aligned with who I am and of my dreams, uh, to choose ones that are not pressured into me, but ultimately ones that I desire, ones that align with who I truly am and with the intention to build a life uh, that I want to create, one that fulfills me and ones that, uh, one that brings into my life that which, uh, that which serves my highest growth. So thank you all so very much for joining me for this episode today. Until next time, all the best.